Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I want to start off by letting you know that it's that time of year again where we are doing my declutter project, declutter challenge. It's that time of year where you're absolutely overwhelmed by all the stuff in your house and it's driving you crazy and you realize that it's impacting your ability to focus, it's getting on your last nerve and it's having an impact on all the areas of your life. And you've got huge things you wanna do in 2022. So let's get things organized. Let's get rid of some things and let's create some systems so that the house, your office, the garage, what have you, it, it stays organized and you feel peaceful and calm. Here's what you need to do. Go to shaleen.com forward slash declutter. Now, you don't even have to remember that link. Just let the show keep playing. Slide your finger up on the show art, and that's where you'll see the show notes, and there's a link right there, okay? But just in case, it is shaleen.com forward slash declutter. All you do is drop your name and your email address in there, and I've got some really cool stuff for you. It's a six-part audio series plus a little workbook. We're going to do this together. It's the declutter challenge, and we're going to make a habit out of it so that we don't, you know, go through this whole process and then find the house and the office and the garage out of control again just a month later. No, we're actually going to develop some habits to make these systems stick. Go to shaleen.com forward slash declutter. Keeping you out of trouble with the copyright infringements. Welcome to this edition of Build Your Tribe. That's what we're talking about today. Everybody's worst nightmare once you become a business owner is receiving a letter from somebody's legal counsel and realizing that you have a legal matter on your hands. Or maybe you don't. Maybe, just maybe, there's a group of attorneys out there who are trying to shake people down for some extra money, but either way can be incredibly disheartening, very nerve-wracking, to receive, you know, one of those legal letters from some law firm making some kind of demand or threatening a lawsuit. Today, specifically, I want to talk about the world of copyright laws and infringement. This is an ever-growing area of a business, of a money-making opportunity for a lot of attorneys. Now, frankly, there are some very legitimate copyright infringements, and you would also want to know how to protect yourself. The first thing I want to start with is by addressing the DMCA. The DMCA is the United States copyright law that was implemented to protect copyrighted material from being downloaded, uploaded, or streamed illegally. And it was passed in 1998 to counteract just tons of digital and virtual infringement copyrights. I mean, we've had lots of experience with this ourselves, and actually in a bunch of different areas. First of all, my fitness programs, almost every single one of those has been copied and redistributed, sometimes in mass quantities on whether it was DVDs, originally or just on streaming platforms. And these are all copyright infringements. And as fast as Beachbody can identify one of the culprits, send them a letter and take them down, there's another one that pops up. 
The same is true for our online programs. So we have online courses, we have membership programs where you have to pay a fee to be a member that gives you access to downloads, to workbooks, to copyrighted information, things that people have invested a lot of money and we've spent years developing. And this is our intellectual property, right? And you guessed it, people join those programs they screen flow everything, they copy everything, and then they create these websites where they're selling your programs at a discounted rate. And then people will purchase it, realize that there's a problem with the download or that things don't load properly or there's a bunch of things missing or outdated. And then they'll come back to us, our customer service, and, and complain. And when we check our records, they're not a customer of ours. And you know, after we do some backtracking and investigative work, we realize, oh, this is someone who purchased they thought they were purchasing something from us. They thought maybe they were purchasing Marketing Impact Academy or Smart Success or some other online program that we have. And little did they know that they were buying a bootlegged copy from an unlicensed, unauthorized distributor. And, and that is, in fact, a copyright infringement. And yes, we do send cease and desist letters from our attorneys. And and yes, we do get people to take those down, but it's still, it's a cost of doing business and it's ugly and it's not fun because there's so much of it out there. So anyways, in 1998, the DMCA law was passed to help Google and other companies begin to take this stuff down. But what's happened in recent years is a little bit more complex. And I just want to make sure you're aware of these things so that you can protect yourself. So let's say you need a ton of blog content, like you're trying to produce one blog a day, or maybe multiple blogs a day. That's a thing. And you're also trying to create content that's search engine optimized. So you hire somebody on Upwork or Fiverr, who is a seasoned writer and blog content creator who specializes in the type of content that you want to produce. So you hire them and they write this incredible piece in your voice or for your website. And they also provide you with additional assets, maybe some photos, etc. They give you those things, you upload those things to the website, you think it's all their original work, and lo and behold, it's not. You may find that they have either plagiarized some copywritten information from somebody else's blog post, or that they've taken a screenshot and they've used a photo that they didn't have proper licensure to use. Happens all the time. Or maybe you yourself have been looking for the perfect photo to go with a blog post you've just written, or a Facebook post that you want to generate. And you go to Google and you type in angry man looking at his bills, you know, some type of descriptor. A bunch of images pop up. One of them is perfect for this piece that you've written. You take a screenshot of it and you upload it to your blog. That, my friends, is in fact a copyright infringement. Yes, believe it or not, those quick, seemingly innocent grabbing of screenshots of images that you don't have the rights to use, that's actually a copyright infringement. Now, yes, it is less likely that someone's going to crack down on you for using them in social media. It's far more rare, but it's very common when you're using these types of images on your website. All right, so let's talk about it because we just recently experienced this. We recently received a letter from a firm known as Higby & Associates, and this is a firm that's associated with representing tons of copyright infringement clients, so plaintiffs who will have them scour the internet for any use, which is pretty easy to do, any use of an image that maybe their client owns that image, and then they reach out to the offending party. They usually simply send a letter, a cease and desist letter, along with a demand, a demand for payment. 
And we recently got one of these and we were pretty shocked because we're really careful about this. Like every photo, every image, every phrase, every piece of content, whether I've written it or somebody on my team has written, we're really careful about vetting and making sure it's all original and that we have the full rights to do so. But this particular image, it looks to me like no one can remember who even wrote this article. It was several years ago, and it looks like it's probably just a screenshot of an aisle of like fast food items. My best guess is this is when we were doing a ton of content for one of our brands called Phase It Up. And we were doing tons of content. I mean, like literally producing three to five blog posts a day. So we were outsourcing this to registered dietitians, nutritionists, and other bloggers who have expertise in that area. Well, oftentimes we would find our own photos and make sure that they were licensed. Somehow this one slipped through. I don't know. And I suspect this is probably one of those articles. It's not an article that needs to be up on our website. We can just simply delete it. But in the meantime, we get a letter from these, this legal counsel demanding that we pay $2,500 for the use of this image. Now, these firms, this is what they do. This is how they make their money. These law firms are actually more interested in monetizing the infringement than they are trying to stop it, if you will. So what they're going to do is they're going to send out tons of letters And these letters aren't going to have much depth to them. They're really just meant as a scare tactic. I mean, they're almost form letters, and they rarely provide any information on the true owner of the copyright registration, and they often claim to represent the copyright owner who is not the author of the letter. So there's, like, no evidence of, like, who owns this image. And when you get a letter like this, it's concerning, right? The average person is like, we just got this letter from this major law firm and they're demanding $2,500 or $10,000 or $100,000, whatever it is for the copyright works. And it can really feel like an ambush. And instead of requesting or demanding multiples of the standard licensing fee for the work in question, what they'll do is send you a letter that's a demand for settlement. And that demand for settlement I assume, is based on what they believe they could get in court under copyright, imprecise statutory damage rules. I know this is kind of complicated. But the fact of the matter is this. If I can just summarize this based on conversations with our attorneys, it's a shakedown. And they're working off a volume. So their full-time gig is to scour the internet for these licensed work to find anyone who's using these licensed work and then send out massive amounts of these letters knowing that the average person is probably going to pay the fee because they don't want to have to go to court. They don't want to have to fight it. They don't want to risk paying $150,000 for an infringement regardless of the actual damages associated. And it can be very terrifying. So people will just pay the demanded amount and take the image down. And that's what this firm is hoping you're going to do. This is what they're hoping you're going to do. The real kicker is that if you were to fight the infringement accusation and you were to lose, they know that you risk the pain and expense of having to defend yourself. And the plaintiff has a very good chance of getting their attorney fees as well as statutory damages. So you're looking at like, do we really even want to enter into this battle? Of course not. Let's just pay it or take it down and pay it. Now, my team has done a great job of researching this topic for the podcast today. And what we've found is that even if you do pay for that initial cost or that initial demand, it's rarely ever over. For example, PicRight, which is spelled P-I-C-R-I-G-H-T, is a company that they do this too. Okay, this is what they do. They have 
bots that scour the internet to find someone who's reused an image that they didn't have licensing for. They then send this letter of demand for payment. And if you pay the first time, many of the sources that we found online say that oftentimes your payment is, quote, misplaced. And then they end up sending you an escalation letter. And there are very few, if any, stories online where someone paid the first time the demand letters were sent and it actually went away. So they just keep escalating the claims. Oh, can you imagine? All right. So what do you do? First, you need to know it isn't really a scam, but it's an industry. It's a racket, if you will. I personally always check out the email address of the sender. Check out the sender, Google it, and this is how you will often discover it's a bogus email address. You know, I'm sure you've seen these scams before where it feels like it's from Instagram. It feels like it's from Apple. It feels like it's from Facebook, but like one letter is off or it's a, a person or a department that does not exist. And it gets people all the time. And the same is true of these companies. Everything that we Googled about this particular firm, including their email address, seem to indicate that this is a legitimate law firm and that this is what they legitimately do, but this is what they legitimately do in mass. So it's not something we should ignore. However, we want to proceed with caution because we obviously don't want to pay this and then just have it keep coming back at us. So let's talk about what you should do to avoid getting a letter like this. Number one, always use original content, whether you or one of your employees have written it, you need to make certain that it is all original content, that nothing has been plagiarized, that you haven't borrowed or shared or even been overly inspired by a copyrighted piece of content. That's number one. Number two, make sure you own all of the photos and images that you use. We use quite a few different services, but one of the easiest to use, easiest, a couple of the easiest to use are Canva and PicMonkey. And you're going to pay for those licensing as part of those platforms. That's just one of the safest things that you can do. And there are additional companies that provide licensed photos. And that's what we use. We use licensed photos and licensed videos. Listen, you need more followers. If you want more customers, you need more leads. In order to get more leads, one of the easiest, best ways to do that is by leveraging social media. And the best place to leverage your social media is with Instagram. There are billions of users you just need to know how to attract the ones who want what you have. Brock and I have helped thousands of people just like you grow their account from like 150 people to 5,000, 10,000, 50,000, even half a million followers. No, you don't need to be a gorgeous fitness model. No, you don't have to be great on camera. It is easier than ever to grow your Instagram account, but you need to understand how it's not that difficult. In fact, you're probably wasting so much time on Instagram right now, and we want to help save you time and make you money by finding the customers who want what you have. I invite you to join us. We have a monthly membership. It's insane. It is the best priced training mentorship on the, on the interwebs, if I do say so myself. When you join Insta Club Hub, your monthly membership entitles you to two live interactive trainings per month. They're insane. In addition to that, you can log in at any time and watch hundreds of quick, tiny tutorials, each of which are designed to help you grow your Instagram, reach more customers, and do so as quickly as possible. I want to invite you to check it out. Just go to instaclubhub.com. 
You don't even have to remember that. While you're listening to the show, just scroll down right now over the show notes. You will see that there's a link there to Insta Club Hub. You can actually click on that while you're listening to the show and enter your email address to learn more. It's that simple. And we look forward to seeing you on our next live training. Okay, that's what you do to avoid these things happening. But let's say you've been doing all these things and then somehow something happens. Like somebody on your staff posted a photo that you thought they had taken and come to find out it was actually a screenshot and they didn't have the rights to use that. Now what do you need to do? Well, the first thing you should do is get in touch with your lawyer. One of the things I've mentioned many times is that When it comes to legal representation, don't mess around. Like, don't shop around for price. You want to work with a lawyer who's not a general lawyer, but who's a very specific, like we have a trademark attorney, an estate attorney, a business attorney. We now have a medical malpractice attorney. We have an attorney who specializes in contract negotiations and entertainment law. And I really do think it's important that you pay for the best. We've learned the hard way. You don't want to just use so-and-so's nephew who just graduated from law school and they can probably handle this for you. Now, some things you can, you know what I'm saying? But like when in doubt, make sure you do things the right way and you'll never regret the peace of mind that comes with knowing you've got valid, solid advice from well-informed legal counsel. Okay, so you want to reach out to your legal counsel and ask them to, to write a responding letter. And in your responding letter, you might want to use them or or maybe you just want to send it yourself and have them review it before you send it off. But I would request a copy of the copyright registration and any other documentation that they can provide, sufficient documentation to provide proof of the copyright owner. And you also want to ask the organization or the association or the firm that reached out to you, you need to ask them for proof that they're authorized by the copyright owner to act as their agent. This is important because that's where the scam comes in because so many of these companies have picked up on the fact that everyone's doing this, that these companies have popped up, they're searching for photos that they know have copyright infringements and and they're commonly copyright infringed upon. And so these firms will reach out and they will claim to be acting upon the agency of the original owner, but they don't. And then they'll ask you to send a check to them, not even to the actual owner. And you're just stuck. There's no way of proving that this company actually was working as their agent. There's no way of proving that the original owner actually had a problem with you. Like there's a lot of this going around that's a scam. So just be careful. So you want to send that letter and you want to explain without making any reference to the point of how you use it or when you used it or how this happened or anything. You're just going to respond to their inquiry with an inquiry of your own. And in that inquiry, those are the things you're going to ask for. You're going to ask for proof of copyright registration, any deposit materials that accompany the application, and any other documentation that proves who the proper owner is. And further, you need authorization that the copyright owner has asked this firm or this company to act as their agent. Okay. And they're going to respond or maybe they won't. If they don't respond, well, then you're done with it. But if they do respond and they're able to show you proof that they are the duly authorized agent of the owner of that piece of content and that their client owns the copyright asserted, and that the copyright is actually valid, if they can provide you with all of that proof, then what is your next step? Well, then your next step is to negotiate a settlement because what they've demanded 
is their first request, right? Just because they've demanded $2,000 or $10,000 doesn't mean you have to pay that. Trust me, they're working on volume in this case. And so they want to settle as many of these as quickly as possible. Now, the important thing here is once you get to this state, I strongly encourage you to get a lawyer involved. You want to keep everything in writing. Don't talk to anyone. Do you hear me? Don't talk to anyone on the phone. Everything needs to go via email, CCing your attorney, because they will wait for you to slip up and do something wrong and use that disadvantage against you. In doing our research for this particular episode, I spoke with a trademark and copyright attorney who shared with me that they deal with this particular firm all the time. They see this all the time. And they described it as, quote, a shakedown. And in one such instance, the claim was such a joke, the company that was making this demand hadn't even provided the copyright registration certification, which is legally required before you can even file suit. They were just making this demand. And with this particular client, the demand letter came in at $15,000. So they were saying, you've used these two photos. We're demanding $15,000. The client absolutely refused to pay it. And they never had to end up paying it, but they did end up having to pay their attorney $5,000 to not pay the $15,000. So, you know, does it make more sense to ask your attorney to just simply negotiate a lower rate? Like, what would have happened in that particular case if they had said, okay, we'll pay you $2,000, even though it has no merit, just we'll pay $2,000 to make it go away because to fight it legally cost them $5,000. So it's tricky. It's complicated. It's something you definitely want to avoid. But I would do this first. I'd say search to see if you have first paid for the rights to the photo that's in question. Second, you may want to counter with something in the low 100s, like maybe counter for $400, provided only if they show you the copyright registration certification and all other documentation that you need to verify that, again, this is they are the duly authorized agent of the person who owns the copyright, that this person actually is the copyright owner. You, you need all of that. And from the legal counsel that we've talked to and the research that we could do for this episode, what we have found is that 99% of the time, they just move on. If you are a small business with a website that has very low traffic, considerably speaking, like you're not a Google, you're not a Facebook, you're not a you're not a Revolve, you're not an Amazon, you know, you just have the small website and you've written a blog and you don't know the owner of one of the photos on it. First of all, go to your website right now, be proactive, go to any of your assets and just double check them and make sure that you have the licensing for those images and content. And when in doubt, replace those things and try to keep really good record of the items that you do own. And that's why I think it is such a valuable service to actually pay for the upgrade, not to just use the free Canva or the free PicMonkey or other services like upgrade so that you actually have the right to use their licensed images. It's worth it. It's so worth it. It is not fun to get an attorney letter. It's not fun to get a cease and desist. It's not fun to get a threatening email or a cease and desist. And Lord knows it is a nightmare to get sued. But if it happens, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. It's the cost of doing business. And the bigger your business grows, the more customers you have, the higher the likelihood is that you you are going to get sued at some point. And just know that it's a part of doing business. It's one of the very important reasons why you need business insurance. You need liability insurance. You need to make sure that if 
somebody is to get hurt, whether it's emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, and they decide to come after you, whether it has merit or not, people can do that. They can just sue you because they don't like you. The lawsuit doesn't have to have merit. I know because I'm in the midst of one right now with my plastic surgeon who's suing me for defamation. Now, in my estimation, his lawsuit for defamation has no merit because I'm not defaming him. I'm not intentionally trying to harass or harm his reputation. I am simply sharing the truth without embellishment, just 100% the truth. And that's my First Amendment right. But it's also his First Amendment right to file a lawsuit against me in an attempt to silence me. And people can do that. Like there are frivolous lawsuits filed every single day. Even just to defend yourself in a frivolous lawsuit is going to cost you tens of thousands, perhaps even hundreds of thousands of dollars, which is why it's really important that you have business liability insurance in place. Whether you've written an ebook or you have your own podcast or a course or you're a coach or an advisor, somebody who's disgruntled and unhappy and sees that maybe you're doing well can decide to file a frivolous lawsuit against you. And even if it doesn't have any merit, even if they know they're going to lose and you're looking at this is going to cost me tens of thousands of dollars just to defend myself. And they say to you, well, okay, we're willing to settle it for X amount of dollars. I mean, there are people who have zero ethics and they do those things. And that is why you want to make sure you've got liability insurance in place. Like it's just so much easier to go to sleep at night, to put your head down on the pillow and know we have all of our ducks in a row. I remember when Brett and I were in our late 20s, early 30s, and you know, businesses were just really starting to take off for us. And we were not trying to spend money that we didn't have. We would ask ourselves like, okay, do we really, really need this? And when it came to business insurance, that was one of the things we, you know, had a deep conversation about like, okay, do we really need this? Is anyone really going to sue us? And it was my dad who was like, you just, you never know. Like the nicest, kindest person who you would never assume that they would, you just never know. And you want that peace of mind, pay for that peace of mind. So that is my advice to you is pay for the best legal counsel. You will never regret it. I've told the story many times when we were negotiating our first fitness infomercial contracts. At the time that we were negotiating them, we were also like massively in debt, do a lot of things unrelated to business, most specifically a gambling addiction. But anyways, I digress. At that time, we were literally like crawling out of debt. We didn't have any extra money to spend So when we were looking at trying to find the right legal counsel, you know, we had friends who were like, oh, I've got a so-and-so who will do it for you as a favor, look over your contracts, et cetera. And we just remembered that advice that my dad gave me about, you know, just absolutely hire the best attorneys you can find. And so we did that. And our first attorney was, I think he was like $600 an hour. We were like, you know, what? I mean, we spent so much money in legal fees, but it made a huge difference. We were able to negotiate the biggest contract that anyone had signed for an infomercial, at least, you know, based on our knowledge at that time, industry knowledge. And that was because of the attorney that we hired. He had negotiated contracts for Tony Robbins, Tammy Lee Webb, Jorge Cruz, like all the big infomercial companies, all those big infomercials, the talent in those infomercials all went to this guy. So we knew, like he he knew all those little tiny fine print details that attorneys like to stick in contracts that 
can really screw you over. Like you're so happy to get this big check, but you didn't realize in the fine print that you've signed your life away or you signed the rights to your social media away or you signed the rights to your name away. Like these things happen all the time. Like I've heard nightmare stories about the contracts that Billy Blanks signed. Anyways, hearing those nightmare stories was enough to scare us into paying for the very best legal counsel. And we've never regretted it. Ben Gage no longer practices law, but man, I just can't thank him enough for the years of entertainment law and contract negotiations that he did on our behalf. Just a great guy. Loved him. Anyways, thank you for joining me on this episode of Build Your Tribe. Do me a favor, if you will, please write a review for the show. We're doing so well. And Brock and I, we are so touched by the reviews that you guys write for the show. It's very meaningful. So if there's one in particular that you're like, okay, you know, you can write more than one if you'd like, and you can write one about a specific episode and tell us like what you enjoyed about it. I can't thank you enough because we just keep climbing up the charts in the marketing department for podcasts. So I know it's not the most convenient thing. By the way, if you don't want to write the review, you can just tap the fifth star and that gives us a five star rating. And if you don't have time to write a review, that's cool. My goal is to be brief, to be bright, to make it fun and then be done. We're done. Go check your website. Go check your assets. I'll see you on Tuesday. If you enjoyed this show, please don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and following along. Build Your Tribe is available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and most every podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star review and tell us specifically what you enjoyed. We'd love to know. Build Your Tribe is released every Tuesday and Thursday. For Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, be sure to follow and subscribe to Shalene's other podcast, The Shalene Show. It's about living your best life, improving all areas like mindset, habits, relationships, nutrition, ADHD, fitness, self-care, sleep, and so much more. Links to anything referenced in today's episode, as well as show sponsors and other podcasts, can be found below in our show notes. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.